Well, as you look around this morning, you can see so many decorations that remind us that these are symbolic of the season. Uh, trees, ornaments, gifts, music. We look at the tree here. It's filled with lights. And the tree itself is symbolic of so many things spiritual. But this morning, I want to focus on the lights. I want to focus on the lights of Christmas because they are significant. When we say the word light, we think of the absence of darkness. Or at Christmas time, how the beauty and diversity of lights fill our hearts with joy. But there is a spiritual illustration that is so much more uh, telling about what lights are, are all about. The Greek word for light is phos, like phosphorus or photo. Light is necessary to sustain life because without the light of the sun, we would be neither able, this planet would not be able to support life of animals or of plants or anything. Depriving someone of light is a form of torture. The incandescent lights we turn on at home and take for granted, they came about by one person's perseverance by Thomas Edison, who failed more times than he succeeded, and the one time that he succeeded, we now have light. Emotionally, we associate light with home, warmth, romance, and celebration. Jews around the world celebrate Hanukkah. It's this time of the year, it's called the Festival of Light. It recalls that the Maccabees account of oil-fired lights in the temple, which could only have enough oil to last for about eight days. Uh, that needed to light for about eight days, but there was only enough light for one day. It was a miracle that it kept going all the way. Christmas around the world illuminates homes, trees, fences, town squares, city lights, and city streets with a joyful profusion of color. Some lights are as simple as a single candle in the window or as elaborate what you see in Radio City. Or being a good Brooklyn boy, you see just outside of Bensonhurst in Diker Heights, Brooklyn. Christmas lights can be more than decorative, and that's what I want to share with you this morning. We'll see in our lesson this morning that Christmas lights symbolize God, the Bible, Jesus, and the believers. So let's explore those four. Number one, lights are descriptive of God's nature. What is there about God that is light? Well, 1 John 1, 5 says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. In the literal, physical, natural, and mathematical sense of light, creator God's light is pure energy. His light is so powerful that it, it dwarfs all the suns of the universe. If you put them all together, his light is brighter. When his light or glory was revealed on earth, he limited its potency because its power would be too great to be observed. It reminds me of Star Trek, when they used to find out that there was a problem in the energy source that was, that was moving the, uh, the vehicles forward in, the, in space. When they lifted the lid to see what was in there, it was so bright they had to have special goggles on because the energy from nuclear power was too great. But God's power is so much greater than nuclear power. And what he does is such that we can't look upon him. And uh, there are examples of that in scripture. And so I'll read the first of that. In Exodus 24, verses 15 to 17. 
Moses went up onto the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. And the glory of the Lord abode upon the mountain Sinai. And the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. How great, can you imagine how great God's light must be? He can't reveal himself to us because he, his light would blind us. In 1 Timothy, Paul describes God's glorious light at that which, as that which no man can approach or look upon. So powerful, it will last forever. In contrast, the Bible reveals and science confirms that the Earth's energy is diminishing. Sooner or later, according to science, and we don't have to believe that, because we know the end of the story by virtue of the fact that we study the Scripture. But they, they propose that the sun's light is not going to be able to last too much longer, that the power is going to diminish, and then there's going to have to be some other light source. Revelation 21 describes the future earth as a city on a hill. Here's what it says in Revelation 21, 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine it, for the glory of God did light, and the Lamb of God, which is Christ, the light thereof. Verse 25, and there shall be no night there. In other words, the day is coming when, when we go home to be with the Lord, and when the Lord reigns, there'll be no more need of the sun, whatever happens, because his light is going to illuminate everything. As you pointed out, as you closed out your part of the service this morning, the sunlight was not created until a day later, days later, but it was the light of God that illuminated. So the day is going to come when it's going to be God's light that is sufficient for us. So light is descriptive of God's nature. He is absolute light, absolute energy. Secondly, light is descriptive of the Bible. Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Can you imagine a day when there were no street lights and you were wandering down city streets like in Jerusalem or some other big city? And you had no way to know what was two feet ahead of you unless the moon was so bright. And so they invented something. They invented a little light that would sit on their foot on the end of their shoe. And that illuminated their way as they went along. And it kept them from stumbling. Our spiritual journey begins in spiritual darkness. When we come to know Christ personally, our spiritual birth takes place, and then we learn to navigate the, the, the maze of ideas and philosophies and misperceptions and misunderstandings and, uh, that would keep us from growing, the temptations that would knock you down because you don't see them coming. But when you have spiritual light that belongs in your heart by virtue of the Holy Spirit, you can discern things that are coming your way that can give you a problem. Proverbs says that a wise man sees trouble coming and takes the necessary steps to avoid it. That necessary step comes from the wisdom that God gives you through the Holy Spirit and your study of the Word. You wouldn't have it otherwise. Romans 13, 12 says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on a light of ar the armor of light. So light is descriptive of the Bible. Everything we know about God comes from that book. He gives us whatever insights we need to live. Thirdly, Christmas lights symbolize the birth of Jesus. John 3, 19, 
that light has come into the world. God says in Luke 1, uh, 179, he sent Christ into the world to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet on the way of peace. Before Christ came into your life, you were spiritually dead. Before Christ came into your life, you were without God. In this universe, there was that sense of a universal loneliness. There was no place you could call your own, no place you could hide, no place you could go and feel that presence of anybody in your life. A lot of people live alone, and there's nobody there. I remember telling you the story of, of when I first realized when I was a chaplain at Hagedorn Psychiatric Hospital that hugging was part of my ministry, and it wasn't confirmed to me until a dear lady who kind of scared me when I first saw her walk into one of the groups that I was doing. And she came in, she was toothless, and if you remember, she smeared lipstick on her palm and smeared it across her face. I was a little taken back by that. But I walked over to her and said, may I give you a hug? And she looked at me and said, sure, Reverend. And I gave her a hug. And after the service was over, she raised her hand. She said, can I say something, Reverend? I said, yeah. She said, when I walked in here, you gave me a hug. And I haven't been hugged in 12 years. How many lonely people are there that need God's touch? And you can be God's hugger. You can be God's words of encouragement. You can be the one that prays with those folks. We'll get to that in a minute. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If you listen to that verse that we read about in Exodus 24, it demonstrated the deity of Jesus. God's glory, his light, energy, and power could not be approached or looked upon because we couldn't handle it. But the Bible says that Christ came into the world, and when he came into the world, the scripture says that we were able to touch him. We were able to embrace him. We were able to see him. We were able to talk to him. God was made flesh because he wanted to reach out and tell you how much he loves you, eyeball to eyeball, face to face. When you turn on Christmas lights, they can be more than a decoration. They can be to you a testimony. In John 12, 46, I, come like I, come, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. So Christ is the light of the world. Number four, the lights of Christmas act as a reminder to the believer that we are torchbearers of Christ's light. Listen to Jesus' words and compare. Jesus says this in John 9, 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And then he says this in Matthew 5, 14. Ye, Y-E, remember in the King James Bible, is plural. You are the light of the world. Does that sound like a contradiction? On the one hand, he says, I'm the light of the world. On the other hand, he says, you are the light of the world. No contradiction at all. As long as Christ was on earth, he was the light. And then he went and home to be with his father. But he didn't leave the light out. He didn't turn the lights off. He has you. And the Holy Spirit came to ignite the light of Christ in you and in me so that we can share him and that we can be a beacon to people who need to know who Jesus is. When the Holy Spirit came into your life and my life, 
we became light infected. We're light infected. And that means something. That means we're contagious. That means that we can share the light with anybody in our lives if we are authentic Christians. And there's one thing the world is looking for today, authenticity. They want to know that this whole business of Jesus, everything that we say and everything we talk about here inside the meeting house, that it's the truth. And the best way they can know that that's the truth is by you and me living our life out, living our life out as believers. And what does that live like? That lives like shining every day, demonstrating to people that we are, in fact, living for Christ, that we are different. And it's a, if the light's in you, you have to flip the switch and turn it on. The light of love, the light of care, the light of kindness. If there is light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. If there's beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the home. If there is harmony at home, there will be order in the nation. If there is order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. And it all begins with Jesus. You're infected. Let your light so shine. When you let the light of Christ's love, uh, Christ's love to shine in your heart, hate, injustice, bigotry, and indifference will be driven out. When you let the light of Christ's kindness shine from your heart, you will touch the life of the orphan, the homeless, the hungry, the widow, the stranger, the lost, and the lonely. It's up to you. God has no other source to reach people but us. And we sit in the pew, and we hear these things, and when we walk out this door, we, we forget. We're too apathetic. We want to be insulated in our own lives rather than reaching out to the people who need it the most. And that's everybody without Jesus. And that's a lot of people. Some people get really distressed and disappointed and dejected that so many people reject Jesus Christ. Don't get rejected. Consider it an opportunity. How many people you can speak to about Jesus? I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that there are going to be people who you talk to who don't want to hear it. Well, that's on them. But you tell them in love. You let the light of Jesus' love shine from you. You have a testimony before you ever opened your mouth that they can see. And so if they can believe how you live, they will believe how you, what you say. When you let the light of Christ's joy shine from your heart, you'll be a cheerleader for the depressed, the grieving, and the discouraged. And there are a lot of people in your life, whether you realize it or not, who are grieving, who are distressed, who are fearful, who are angry, who are disappointed, who are discouraged. And you are that light in that dark place. And when you, light, when you let the light of Christ's peace shine from your heart, the darkness of anger, bitterness, resentment, greed, and jealousy will give way to that light. They really don't know how much you care until you care enough to do something. And when you do, people want to know that what you are is authentic. And if anything the world needs more than anything today is authentic Christians, not part-timers. Sincere, authentic, genuine deals. And that's what I believe all of us are. We, we carry that light with us. I want a closing scripture. Let's stand together.
for the reading of 1 John 1, 5 to 7. Let's read it together. This then is the message we have of heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's time for us to go and shine. It's time for you to turn and flip the switch and let the light of Jesus Christ's love and the truth of what he has taught you in all your years of sitting in these pews and hearing about him. Now it's time to turn around and share that, those truths with the people in your life. Let's pray. Father, this morning, even though this voice was a stumbling voice, we thank you, Father, that the truth is still the truth. The truth is sweet. The truth is encouraging. The truth is uplifting. The truth can be hard. The truth can hurt. But we want to walk in the truth. We want to lead with our faith, not with our fears or other negative emotions. Help us to drive those out this morning, Lord, that when we leave here, we might surely be beacons for Christ. We pray it in his name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated for our closing hymn.